Good afternoon. What an amazing turnout for an amazing man. The DeVore family um, is blessed um, and welcomes you, thanks you for coming to celebrate the life of Brian. I'd like to open with a word of prayer. Lord God, as we gather here, um, confused at, at taking one so young, as we gather here thinking of all the grace, all the joy, and all the goodness you ministered to us through your servant, Brian, we pray now that you would help us to celebrate that gift to us and help us to express our loss and our sorrow and also help us to um, take hold of our hope that we have. Lord, you are good and you do good. You have done good. Good in giving Brian to us and Lord, you have done good in taking him home. And so Lord, we pray that you would give grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, one brief announcement. I know there are some of you who came intending to pay respects to, to Brian to meet with the family. After the service, after we've dismissed row by row, there will still be a viewing time to, to pay respects to Brian, and you can meet and speak with the family. There's a dinner after this in the gymnasium downstairs, so we want to give all of you that opportunity. We appreciate the time that you took to, to be here to do that. And now um, we're going to play a video uh, of a slideshow and a song uh, that Katrina and Tina put together that reminds them so very much of Brian. So we'll watch that now. Thank you, everyone, so much for coming today. I'm overwhelmed uh, beyond belief with the um, attendance today. Brian would just be so, so very pleased and thankful. We were blessed to have Brian with us for 55 years, and I was blessed to have 30 years with the love of my life. Please share in our joy that Brian was a believer and is in glory, and we'll be together again someday. I will miss his enveloping tight hugs, and those big brown devour eyes. As you know, Brian had a quick, easy smile, and he didn't know a stranger. It's hard to sum up Brian's life in just a few minutes, but this is as close as I can get. Put your faith and trust in the Lord. Work hard. Do what's right. Cherish and serve your family, friends, and community. Brian was a man of many talents. He was a devoted and loving husband and father, a caring son, brother, uncle, consistent friend, truck driver, counselor, coach, Demo derby driver, welder, mechanic, and sometimes when Katrina and I would get in a discussion, he stepped in as referee. <laughs> he was remarkable with numbers. He was a walking computer. He could do math in his head and remembers numbers like no other. I used to tease him he should have been an actuary. 
but he would have never been able to have handled an inside job. He saved his best for his family. He took such good care of Katrina and I. He was just the very best example of a husband and father. He always strove to go above and beyond for us. Anything we wanted, anywhere we wanted to go, he would make it happen. And he always, always put us first. He was patient and kind. The man was patient. He reached things for me for 30 years. <laughs> and he never complained. He was happy to do it. Bless his heart. One Christmas, I asked for a red sweater. I got six. <laughs> they were all different, but I got six. He was so very proud of his girl. She was the love of his life, and he supported her unceasingly. From band concerts to softball games to volleyball to track, he was there. He spent countless hours in the backyard throwing practice pop fly balls and catching pitches. He spent time driving to games and sitting on the bleachers. He loved every minute of it, so proud of his girl. He loved the outdoors. Our farm, our, the acreage that his, his parents had. He loved cars, and trucks, and tractors, and four-wheelers. His Model A and guns. <laughs> he loved monster cookies, a good steak, and his mom's cinnamon rolls. He loved the wildlife that came to our acreage. We'd come home from somewhere and drive real slow into the driveway and turn the brights on and say, what's on the critter cam? We'd check for deer and turkey. He loved those, seeing those animals. But he did not love the groundhogs. <laughs> Brian had an ornery streak. I heard some stories from his youth that involved speeding, jumping hills, and fireworks. One April Fool's Day, he told me my cat was sick. Oh, he was fibbing me on April Fool's Day. The next year, I got him back by running in the house and telling him his truck was on fire. <laughs> we didn't play any April Fool's pranks after that. His ordinary street continued to telemarketers. In fact, mm -hmm, you know, he, would hound, he hounded some of them so bad, they called him and asked him not to call back. <laughs> but the favorite one has to be back a couple years ago when a credit card company called, and he nearly opened a credit card account for Donald J. Trump, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <sighs> Brian made a living by the strength of his hands and his back. He loved his work as a journeyman glazer, and he served the union as an apprenticeship instructor, contract negotiator, and sergeant of arms. If you need a memorial for Brian, look at any building in Des Moines. He probably worked on it 
principal building, the EMC building, the Drake Quads, KVI, just to mention a few. And he recently delivered a 29 by 6 uh, glass panel down to the come and go job. Oh, he was so, so proud of that. He really enjoyed his work. <clears throat> he also had a quiet strength in the Lord, and you could always see Christ living in him by his words and actions. Brian was always ready for an adventure. I should have known an adventure was coming. I think it was our third date. It was first time going to meet his parents. We were just getting to the gravel road to turn on, and we were all stopped, and I had to get out and help herd cattle. <sighs> we had many wonderful family vacations to a lot of neat places in this country. We just returned from a trip to Utah. We saw beautiful mountains and clear streams. And we also, thanks to Brian's keen eye, saw a couple of moose. He was so excited about that. But Brian did not like to plan for vacation. He didn't want to be tied down to a specific time or date to have to be somewhere. He just wanted to be free and go with the flow. I can't tell you how many times we just packed a suitcase and got in the car with no plan. We always had a great time, and I'm thankful, so thankful. He taught me to live in the moment and be okay without having a plan because our plans don't always work out. Last Thursday, we had plans, but Brian didn't come home. That evening, I spent a lot of time looking in the wrong place when I was searching for Brian. But if you're lost in searching, Brian would want you to look in the right place. Look to the Lord. Um, so as you all know, <clears throat> I was the only child, and because of this, especially close with my dad. We talked nearly every day, even after moving out of the house. He would still send his daily good morning text that read, Good morning, Katrina, I love you, see you soon, in all caps, as though he was yelling. When thinking about my dad, many qualities come to mind. Love, generosity, a hardworking spirit, endless devotion, and commitment till the end. I would like to start by sharing why I admire my dad. First and foremost was his love and commitment to my mom. This commitment was not only marital, but a commitment to truly making her happy. If it was important to her, it became important to him. When mom mentioned she wanted a red sweater for Christmas, he bought her six. When she mentioned she liked vallow milk, he bought her a flat. A saying I have picked up from watching my dad over the few years is if one is good, two is better. My dad was selfless and loving. He would do whatever he could to help anyone in need. Whether he was helping me pick out and buy my first car, forcing my mom to cut short their 30th wedding anniversary date to make sure they weren't late to church slow-pitch games, or driving two hours one way just to watch me play volleyball for an hour, my dad always made it a point to show my mom and I what love looked like. I also remember him for his character. My dad instilled good morals and values in everyone he came in contact with. He was a man who kept promises and always honored his commitments. He was a man of integrity and a man of God. Though we are sad today, he has been made new in heaven, and someday we may all see him again. 
There are several things I will miss about him. He will never get to walk me down the aisle or play with his grandchildren. He will never get to enjoy retirement driving the Uber, as he put it, in Branson, or shooting at the house with Tim and Nick. He was the best mouse catcher and groundhog killer. He would never shy away from killing a pesky squirrel on Sunday morning before church. I will miss shingling the garage and only getting a 10-minute lunch break. Long drives to grandma and grandpa's holding hands and singing to old country music. I will miss getting confused as his wife on vacation and annual birthday dinners at Texas Roadhouse. Playing catch in the backyard and finding gray beard hair in my hairbrush. I have shared things that I will miss, but now I would like to ask each of you to close your eyes and remember the great times and memories you had with my dad. Whether you knew him as friend or part of the family, Mr. Brian or Boo, he made an impression on everybody that he knew. I appreciate everyone coming out to remember my dad and giving me an opportunity to tell you a little bit about his life. I know he would have been tickled pink to see how many people made this time to attend. Thank you. Brian Lynn DeVore, the fourth and youngest son of Dale and Mary Helen Irvin DeVore, was born on February 10th, 1963 in Centerville, Iowa. He grew up helping his family on the farm west of Centerville and graduated from Seymour High School with the class of 81. After school, Brian attended Indian Hills Community College, earning his building trades degree in 1983. During this time, he helped local area farmers and traveled around the Midwest contract building with Pamita stores. In 1986, Brian met Tina McIntyre of Moravia on a blind date. They were married on May 7, 1988, at the Seymour United Methodist Church. To this union, they had a daughter, Katrina. Brian and Tina made their home in Des Moines and later moved to an acreage south of Norwalk in 1997. Brian was a member of the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades and local glaziers, 1075. He worked for architectural wall systems for 30 years, installing windows into commercial buildings, and most recently worked in the glass shop. Brian and Tina have been members of Martinsdale Community Church for over 21 years. There, he volunteered in Awana and as a greeter. Together, they enjoyed many vacations and attending all of Katrina's school and sporting activities. Brian enjoyed being outside and doing guy stuff, hunting, attending car and gun shows, and riding his four-wheeler and tractor. Brian died unexpectedly on Thursday evening, May 24, 2018, near his home. He lived 55 years three months, and 14 days. He was preceded in death by his parents. He is survived by his wife of 30 years, Tina, daughter, Katrina, three brothers, Dennis, Chris, Doug, Marlene, and Donald, and a host of many aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, and good friends. Uh, for the last decade, I have gotten to know the divorce. Um, first, um, when they would host community, Katrina was in our youth program, and, and then as we were in a small group together for the last two years, 
And it's been a great joy to get to, to know them and to know Brian. And one of the character traits, the hallmarks that I think you've probably heard, or if you knew Brian, you knew about him, um, would be something like diligence, faithfulness, hardworking, dependable. Um, look at the impact his, his life had on so many. And this event is, is a mixed one. And I want to look for a moment in the Bible, try to make some sense of it. It's a tragedy. Death is always a tragedy, but especially when it occurs to one who has not filled out their days. Even the Bible recognizes the average span of our lives, allotment, 70, 80 years. And here Brian taken the age of 55. And yet there's joy here as well. And on occasions like this, when we are shocked out of our complacency, because we're all headed for a box like this, we just don't plan on being there now or even soon. But when something unexpected like this happens, it reminds us these things can happen to us. There is no guarantee that you will take your next breath, that you will wake up tomorrow. Events like this prove that point. I would suggest to you what matters is that you are prepared for when it happens. I believe Brian was and is. I'd like to read a passage from Luke's gospel where Jesus is on his way to the cross. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he has a large group of people going with him, but most of them have absolutely no idea where he's headed. They have no idea what to expect. They're caught up in the enthusiasm. They're caught up in the thrill. They're caught and, and, and captivated by this man who speaks like no one else ever spoke, this man who can work miracles, but they, they don't understand. And so Jesus repeatedly on his journey to Jerusalem, tries to prepare them, tries to warn them, tries to tell them what it means to follow after him. So in Luke chapter 12, we read this. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third watch and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into, you also must be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You see, every one of us has a date to stand before the living God. It's fixed. The Bible's clear on this. There's appointed unto man once to die, then comes judgment. And we all think that is a long way off. We have plans. We heard about plans. And God has plans. And our plans are fragile. Our lives are but a vapor. And this, this is one further point of evidence in that. We need to be ready, the Lord says. We need to be alert. We need to be vigilant. We need to be faithful. I think Brian modeled this faithfulness. I heard, sorry, Tina. 
on the night that she, she learned of his death, just said something that stuck in my ears. He, he always, if he knew the right thing to do, he always did the right thing. He had integrity. He was faithful. And I think he was ready to meet his Lord, even though he had no idea when he sat out on that bicycle that the end of his trip would not be his house, but the Lord God. So Jesus warns his would-be disciples. He warns us, stay dressed for action. Be alert. Be vigilant. Don't sleep. If we knew the day or the hour we'd die, of course, we'd be prepared for it. But we don't know when we're going to give an account. So I just want to make three, three points. How can you be ready for the Lord facing him? How can you receive that blessed commendation? I, I, the first is this. This is spoken to people who have a master. This is not telling you how you become a servant of the master. Now, Jesus tells the people following him to Jerusalem, be like men who are waiting for their master to come. And you have heard about Brian's faithfulness. You've heard about his fidelity, his loyalty, his hard work. And all those things were wonderful. We rejoice them. And all of those things contribute nothing to his standing before God. Make no mistake, Brian is with the Lord not because Brian was a good man. If Brian were truly a good man, there would be no funeral. Death is the final and conclusive proof that we are not good men and women, but we are sinful. Sin is the the offense against God. We do what we want to do because we want to do it, thank you very much. And the consequence of sin is death. And every time you go to a funeral and every time you read an obituary, there's a reminder that we are not good people. We are fallen. We are sinful through and through. Brian is not in heaven because he was a good man. And comparatively speaking, he was a very good man. And I know he would want you to know that. Please don't misunderstand the root from the fruit or the cause from the effect. You think of a root structure of a tree and the fruit the tree bears or the cause and the effect. Brian was faithful because Brian, the root, had faith. Brian had a master and a Lord to serve. And earlier in Luke's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples how they can become his followers. He says this to them. After it's revealed why he's going to Jerusalem. Why is Jesus going to Jerusalem? He tells them in chapter 9, the son of man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Jesus is on a rescue mission. Jesus did not come simply to give us moral platitudes, to teach us a better way of life, to give us an ethical system, an ideal. He didn't even just come to show us love. He, d- he did do some of those things. He came to die as a ransom for many. Jesus came to die on a cross because people like Brian are sinful and need a savior. People like me are sinful. I need a savior. You need a savior. Do not, do not prepare to meet God because you're a good person. Don't take your confidence in that. Your own thoughts, your own conscience knows better. But Jesus went to Jerusalem to die and to pay Brian's penalty, to pay my penalty, to pay your penalty. And he calls on those who would receive his forgiveness 
who would, who would receive him as their substitute, as their sacrifice. He calls on them to follow him in faith. So we receive the benefits. Brian received the benefits of Christ's forgiveness because he turned from his rebellion. He turned from what he was building, and he, he trusted in Jesus. And in that moment, he becomes the servant of a Lord. Jesus was his Lord. You can become a servant of God. You can receive Jesus if you confess him as Lord with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So that's the prerequisite. You need to have faith. You need to have a Lord. You need to realize you're sinful. The funerals do that better than anything I know. There's something wrong with humanity. There's something wrong with us. And there's something that cries out against this. This ought not to be. Death is an intruder. Death is alien. And the good news is that God agrees. God sent his son so that death might be swallowed up in victory. That though Brian dies, he lives. That, that is our faith. That is our hope. All that accomplished by Jesus by putting your faith, your trust, turning to him in repentance and faith, you can receive his forgiveness. Brian did that at a young age. He grew up in a Christian home. His mother taught Sunday school. I was talking to Tina about it. And he's been growing, being faithful. And God doesn't require amazing feats from us, but he does require faithfulness. Because that's the other piece. It's easy to say you have a Lord. It's easy to say you're a believer, you're a Christian. But faith is seen in faithfulness. I don't think that's too far of a stretch. You see faith in faithfulness. And so the root of Brian's life was his faith, his union with Christ, his trust in the Lord, his forgiveness. And the evidence of that faith, the evidence of that trust was a life of manifold faithfulness. And that's what the Lord Jesus commends. And remember, he's speaking to a fickle crowd Thousands are following Jesus as he heads to Jerusalem. Hundreds will remain faithful. Many of, many of those who praised him at various points in his ministry will cry out for his blood later in Jerusalem. Because we are fickle. and Our hearts go to and fro. And so Jesus says to those who would call him Lord, Jesus says to us who would call him Lord, stay dressed for action, keep your lamps burning. You never know what bicycle ride will end with you standing face to face with the living God. You never know what around the next corner. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants and the master finds awake when he comes. We're, we're a little later in Luke, for those of us who gather here on Sunday morning. And we've just been looking at God's, God wants from us his faithfulness. He'll do the mighty works through you. He's not looking for you to do great things for him. He may choose to do great things through you. He just wants us to be faithful. Be faithful with what God's put in front of you. Be faithful with obedience to him. Be faithful in following him. And you need to never fear being in this box, standing before God. Be faithful. Live each day faithfully, ready to face your master. And if you can do that, Jesus gives this amazing promise. Blessed, blessed are those servants. This is the bittersweet part because there is a blessing for Brian in this. 
Brian's faithfulness, his day-to-day fidelity as evidence of his faith, his commitment to Christ. Jesus says to those servants who are faithful, who are not asleep, who are not procrastinating, but are truly being faithful. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table. He will come and serve them. He comes in the second watch and the third watch and finds them awake. Blessed are those servants. The blessing is, is for alertness. If you've thought through these things, if you have prayed a prayer, made a decision for Jesus, and somewhere along the line you've lost track of that, other things have filled up your life, take heed. Do not delay. Be awake. This may be a wake-up call for some of you. Jesus speaks negatively. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. (laughs) For those of you who think I'm getting around to it, well, sure, if you knew the day and the hour of your death, you'd know when to get around to it. Obviously, that's not a dependable practice. Be alert, be vigilant, do business with the Lord. You must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, I, I submit to you that because of Brian's fidelity, Brian's faithfulness, it's obvious to everyone who knew him, his faithfulness, that he had nothing to fear when he went out on that drive, you know, out to his bike. Oh, there's a loss for us. We miss him. We grieve. That's true. That's real. But I, I, I have no doubt that, that Brian was ready to meet his Lord. And, and you and I can be too. Jesus gives us that promise. We don't have to live shrinking in fear. We can live with that hope that we'll receive that blessedness. But the blessedness comes with the faithfulness that points to real faith. So make, make no mistake, Brian would not want you to. He, he is not standing in glory. He is not with the Lord because of what a good guy he was. Apart from Lord Jesus, he, myself, all of you deserve nothing but God's wrath. The, the fruit in his life is not the root. The fruit is the effect. Brian was united to the Lord Jesus by faith. That changed him. That altered his desires. That altered his, his fruit that he bore throughout his life. And that sweet aroma and that good fruit that he bore is evidence of the solid root. And I know that Tina and Katrina and Brian would want nothing more than if you have not done business with the Lord, if you've not put your faith and trust in him. You think through these things. Oh, even as you leave here, there'll be so many th- radio stations and advertisements and emails and text messages to make you think of anything other than the fact that, make no bones about it, you will one day be in this box. And it will likely not be a day you expect. Be ready for it. You can be ready for it by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And by following him and being faithful, bearing that fruit that verifies that root. I'd like to pray and commit this time to the Lord. Lord God, um, we thank you for calling Brian to yourself. We thank you 
in him, in you, you have made him a new creation and that the evidence of that grace is, is so visible for all. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for the grace that day in and day out was ministered to those of us who knew him by you. And Lord, even though we do not understand why you have called him home, we know you are good. You do good. We pray for comfort, for grace to heal the family. We pray um, that you would even use this service to glorify yourself, Lord. It's my prayer that... um, we might hark your words and, and Brian's example, that we would be ready, that we would be vigilant, that we would be prepared for our master's return when we might face him. So Lord God, we pray that you would give the increase. In Jesus' name, amen.